Welcome back to the Broken Minds Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Poetics, and here at Broken Minds, we talk about your hardest traumas so that you don't have to live them alone. Hey, we have Zeth Ray on the platform today, and when I tell you this is a very vulnerable, in-depth conversation, we talk about things from church trauma all the way down to our personal dealings with mental health topics. And it's such a blessing to have someone on today, but it's also a blessing to really get connected to the platform. See what I did there? See what I did there? Anyway, on the Broken Minds platform, we have a network, a whole network of other platforms to tap into. First is Uncut Demeanor Podcast hosted by Stephen Long. Second, we have an amazing YouTube platform called Monarch Madness hosted by Shakita. Hey, there's so much going on with the Broken Minds Podcast, and this is how you can support. Share this podcast with all your friends, every single person that you know. Also, join us on Patreon and give a $5 a month donation to support everything that's going on with the platform. Hey, stick to the end of the episode because we have an amazing testimony from community member Ken Trout, where he talks about his dealings with church trauma. Hey, I know it's a difficult conversation, but some of these things have to get out there and we have to spark a conversation if we're ever to eliminate these problems in the church. Look, right now, I just want to talk about Zeth Ray for a moment and what her thoughts about what a broken mind to her means. A broken mind to Zethray means, I think everything we experience in life, good or bad, changes the way we think and view people and the world around us. Then that affects how we feel and ultimately affects what we do. Traumas are like cancer and untreated, it spreads through our brain. And that definition from Zethray is so amazing. So, hey, I just want to tap into this conversation. I will see y'all in the next episode. Look, enjoy yourselves. Love y'all. Peace. Yeah, um, it's really good. I'm like, I wrote that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's like in a psychology book or something somewhere. <laughs> um, I think, well, I just think it's an honest answer because I've myself experienced a lot of, I think, just trauma and just different things throughout my life. So I think it's definitely a more honest, raw. That's how I see it because that's how I've experienced it. And I look at it, too, as kind of just like a backpack. Like, we're constantly throughout life, we're collecting things within our backpack, good or bad. You know what I mean? But all of it's that nature versus, like, nurture aspect. Like. Some of us and some people have just been dealt really bad cards. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of like it is what it is. And with that, like, you're learning from all of those experiences. You're forming your worldview, your relational view, how you view people, even different cultures of people. I think even with race, you know, reconciliation and different stuff like that, like, all of it is swarming around there and just swarming even within our heart and stuff. And it creates the glasses of which we see and experience like everything that we go through, good or bad. And a lot of people are hurting people because of undealt with trauma. Like I feel like it's just a constant cycle of people hurting people because of undealt with trauma. And I think we even see that, if I can as boldly say, in the church, like that's 
what it is. Like I was literally just having a conversation with someone and I'm like, I feel like we're in a season where God wants us. And that's why I think this is so important. I love this stuff. And granted, we're still like on a journey. We're always going to yeah. be on a journey. But until we take the time to heal what's going on on the inside of us, our insecurities, our issues with pride, our is- issues with lust, our, you know what I mean? Just go through like the list. Like we're going to continue to just hurt people that are coming into the walls of like our church. So I just feel like right now God's taking the time to deal with people on such a deep level, emotionally, past stuff, childhood stuff. Cause I feel like yeah. there's going to be an influx of people coming back into the church. A lot of people have scattered. A lot of people left because of hurt and whatnot. But I feel like there's going to be a pullback and he wants us Christians to be the most healthy that we can be so that we're not just back in the cycle of like hurting people. So I don't know if that answers the question, but that's kind of. Wow. The fact that you said all that is really the entire scope and the reason why I am doing what I'm doing. Cause I face. That's awesome. Yeah. I face um, those exact experiences like in 2021 and I went through my whole experience going through just church hurt and all that stuff. And yeah, I had another conversation with another person. We were talking about the same thing. And that person said that we're speaking specifically to the younger people, right? And that person said that the younger people need honesty. Like they're ready for these conversations. They're ready. Like they're ready to unveil what the true is. And I feel as though if we just keep in our church spaces, like keep lying and keep suppressing the truth and keep saying that everything's fine when everything's not so fine and we keep like saying okay mental health that's nothing it's just whatever and we don't address these things then yeah what you said is gonna happen traumatic people are just gonna keep causing people to face trauma and it's so ironic because the church is supposed to be the healing spot it's supposed to be the community center it's supposed to be the place where people get healed like literally, yeah. physically, spiritually, mentally, every area. So in your life, how, first of all, what is your kind of history in the church? Like, did you grow up in the church? Did you later find God? Like, where does that stem from? Where's your beginning? Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in church. Both of my parents were ordained ministers. I grew up going to Kojic Church, you know what I mean? Sleeping in the pews and like the whole thing. Um, and then we switched probably when I was like 12 or so, we started going to AG church mm-hmm. and like, obviously that was like a whole new world, <laughs> you know, they were kind of organized and like whatever. So, um, uh, so yeah, we started doing that. And then it was at 14, I met some friends and I actually, which is bizarre to me. I think about it now. Like I went to my parents and I was like, Hey, I have these friends and they go to this one church. It was like a non-denominational church. Like, could I go with them instead mm-hmm. of going to church with you guys? And they said yes, which, like, looking back, like, I'm like, that was, like, really cool, but, like, crazy that they allowed me to do that. But at this other church, I was just starting to get into music because, like, I play the bass and stuff. I was getting into worship and stuff, and there was just kind of more opportunities for me to play at this church, and there was more people kind of my age and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so they allowed me to go do that. Um, so, yeah, so I did that. I even went to Bible college when I was 18. I went to a Bible college in Springfield, Missouri at James River Church. Um, and from that, I mean, there's so much in between that I've lived like a lot of life, but now I've grown up in church like my entire life. I've got the story of, you know, falling away, doing my own thing. 
into the story of when it became kind of real to me. I would say it wasn't until I was 25 that it actually like became real to me. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit at a concert, mm-hmm. at a secular concert. And from that, I was just like, oh my goodness, like this is like legit and like real. And it was no longer like what I experienced through other people. Like I had my first personal like encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was outside of a church. No one was laying hands on me or anything. I was like, wow, this is real. This lives inside of me. And from there, I was just like, all right, like I'm going to go in deep. I'm going to be reading my word every day. I started praying. Like I just got extremely, extremely hungry because, again, I grew up around it my entire life. But that was the first time where I was like, no, this is legit. This is like, real. This is real. <laughs> yeah. like this is for real, real. Um, so, yeah, so I just got hungry and just devoured my word and just prayer and yeah, and from that, like, I've worked at different churches, been a part of different churches, and churches has kind of always been, yeah, a part of my life. Getting into the weeds of, like, um, where you are on a mental aspect, um, going through church spaces, how have you grown mentally? Where is a place where you fell short mentally, and how did the church, like, really, like, because we want to believe that the church is going to be there. And we already mentioned this. We, we want to believe that when we go through a hard spot in life, when we go through traumas, tribulations, and everything like that, that they're going to flock around this and that we're going to have safe mm-hmm. haven. But mm-hmm. if that happened to you, tell us how that was. Or if it didn't happen to you, tell us how that was. Yeah. Um, they did not help me. <laughs> I would say I'm in a place right now where they have helped and are helping Mm -hmm. through different things. But where I came from, like, absolutely not. Like, I went through a situation at my last church. And with that, and, like, I won't get in the weeds of it only because for sensitivity to that situation. And it's, like, because it was actually, like, a pretty, like, big deal. Um, But with that, like, I felt like I gave so much, like, to this church and you know mm-hmm. that is the culture of especially and it was like a mega church i mean it's a huge church yeah. where it's like every time the doors open like i was there volunteering crazy hours never saw like a penny like all of that aspect and then a situation took place where i was basically just raising the alarm of like hey this is going on and mm-hmm. like this isn't right it's not biblical it's not ethical but it was very much like protect the church like at all costs type of Mm. thing like we're gonna deal with it but we're gonna deal with it in secrecy and we're not gonna actually deal with it because to actually deal with it we would probably have to say something and that's not gonna look good for the church and with that too like I kind of got very much like pushed to the side too because I was just so heavily involved and my friend group was this person's friend group and with me saying something like literally like everyone like turned their back on me like i literally like had no friends like whatsoever like from i literally went from being like a face of the church in the sense of like events doing yeah. original songs writing music and doing that stuff being paraded all around on the platform to like literally like almost just like the black sheep like there just no one was there for me it was so shocking and so hurtful because of just how much i was involved how much like i gave sacrificially how much i was there for these people you know what i mean when they were walking through different stuff i think of people that lost their 
there was one a young lady that lost her father and like I was just very attentive trying to be there for her. Mm-hmm. there was one where her husband was going off to boot camp he was gone for like three months and I was like don't worry about it like I'm gonna make sure your wife's good like we're gonna hang out like so just different things of just being a true family like that's what church is supposed yeah. to be like we're supposed to be a family but in a time when I needed it like the most like there was literally no one there and I literally went through probably the darkest season ever of my life alone at a church in a huge mega church you know what I mean surrounded by people but it just felt like no one was willing to reach a hand mm-hmm. to where I was and it was dark man like it was probably for like a good I would say three months or so. Like I lived in just like, I couldn't see past like right here. (laughs) Like people would ask me like, Hey, do you want to go do this next week? Or like the next day, like I was just so like into, I think too, it was the first time I experienced church hurt on this level. And it was just like, Whoa, like I've given my, you just, you think, you know, Something you think you know church. I thought I knew church. I thought I knew church people. I thought I knew Jesus. I thought I knew like it just shattered my entire yeah, universe. It, 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 like it, it literally Yeah, like it literally shattered my entire world where I was just left with nothing. But also like I felt like that was such a gift in that season because I was able to find God in such an authentic, real way where it's like I literally needed him to be who he said he was like the one that will stick closer than a brother that will never leave me nor abandon me that you know what I mean like I got to literally like encounter and experience him as my best friend like I never had to do that before because I've always been super social you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. life of the party like whatever but it was just this dark lonely season where I got to see that he's enough I think that was the biggest lesson from it where it's like he really is like enough and more than enough though I was craving, you know, people. And I think we're obviously we're built for community. We're built for relationship. We're built for intimacy, even and you know, relationships and whatnot. But at the core, if everyone else leaves, if this falls down, if this is no more, like we have a cornerstone that is strong, that is enough, an anchor that if we can hold on to that, like yeah. whatever the storm is, like the Bible is legit. Like it says that and it's true that like, he is our anchor in the storm. And like, if you're able to grab hold of that, like it's so true. So it was such like a sucky. So that's the dichotomy of it. Like, cause I know I have so many friends that are walking through church trauma, but it's like, there's always a lesson for us like in it. And I think people get stuck on the they did this they did that like the the and it and i i know they did and it sucks and i know and i walked through it like but don't stay stuck there you know what i mean like and just living in what they did like there came a point where i had to look at okay what did i do wrong in this situation where were there places and points that i should have did this better or shouldn't have said this or should have said something here where were the places that i was trying to save face for myself in this situation like i really had to like go through all of that and just come to a place where it's like there was so much that i needed to learn and honestly if I'm being fully honest, I feel like the Lord was already kind of working on my heart to shift me out of where I was. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I got lost a little bit within the lights, the glitz, and the glamour of it all. And missing that God was trying to shift me where I feel like he used this situation, like something like this had to happen almost yeah. to get me 
to pivot out of it so that he could teach me all of the things that he needed to teach me. And really what it was, I don't know how you feel about this word, but it was a deconstruction situation. I know that word has, you know, for everyone, that word means different. But for me, it was literally kind of back to the backpack reference. Like I grew up in church my entire life. I have this backpack is really heavy. There's so much that's in it. I'm at a place right now where it's like, I can't keep going on carrying all of these things. Yeah. What is needed to survive in this backpack that I have to have? And I'm going to put it in there. And then what are things that are in my backpack? Just because someone put it in my backpack when I was 12 and it's just still has been in my backpack. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I haven't taken the time to look and see if I still need it. And I did that with the Lord, like honestly, and like being in my word. Like I remember my brother's a pastor uh, um, in California and I read Ephesians 4. I think it's for either four or six where it talks about like the fivefold ministry and what's like the job requirement of a pastor and like all of that stuff. And I remember reading that and I called my brother and I'm like, do has like no one else like read this? I'm like, because churches, church does not look like this. Like how we do church right now. Like, like I was literally like so confused. It was for the first time I was seeing that. And I'm just like, there's no way I'm the only person that's read this and like, mm. wait, like, why are, why does church not look more like that? Why don't pastors function like more like this? Uh, but that's what I'm saying. It was a beautiful season of the deconstruction in that sense of like, okay, wait, no, like, this is what the Bible says about this. Like, this is what the Bible says about this. This is an absolute truth. This is what just the pastor said one time, which was his opinion, but I took it as gospel. And now this is like how I live my life and whatnot. So it was just a beautiful, just, and I say beautiful because it was dark. It was depressing. Yeah. Like, I, there were suicidal thoughts. Like, but like, the fruit that has grown, like, I am nowhere near the person that I was when I left that situation or even when I was in that situation, I know what healthy looks like. Like I know what a healthy church looks like. I know what healthy leadership like looks like. So now I'm at a place and at a church where it's like, I'm literally having to retrain my brain. Like I've put up all these like safety mechanisms mm -hmm. and walls and all that stuff to protect myself. And it's like, they're not needed here. So I'm literally right now going through the process of like, ah, oh, this sucks. Like, but I got to take this wall down because it's not serving me in this new healthy season with healthy people. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah, it sucks. Church, church really sucks. And I, my heart literally like goes out and for people that are walking through that. But I think my message would just be like, there are good churches out there. Mm -hmm. And when I say good churches, there are no perfect churches out there. There are no perfect people. Will you get hurt? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, there are good people out there that are trying to do it the right way. And they have good hearts. And they're trying to model their churches, you know, after the Bible and follow the Bible. And they're genuine. And it's just worth it. Like, what I've gained in this season now of reallowing community back into my life and church. And, like, it's just... I, I'm literally just like oozing with gratitude. Like, I'm just so grateful. Like, I look at my life right now. I look at the people that are in my life, like the community. Like, I feel spoiled. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, like, I legitimately yeah, feel spoiled. The people that God have blessed me with coming out of such, such a hard season. So, yeah, too. And I would just encourage people, like, go through the season. You know what I mean? You can't escape it. Like, you can't walk around. Like, you got to go through the season because there are lessons in there. There's blessings in there. Like, 
And God's always trying to work something in us and through us, even through like the crappy stuff. Like he doesn't waste like anything. Like, and I don't know if I heard someone say this a long time ago, but I say it often. Like he doesn't drag us through the mud just to drag us through yeah, the mud. Just, like just it could no feel problem. that way sometimes. Yeah, like it could feel that way sometimes. It could feel so cruel. It could feel so just unrelentless, but it's like there really is like purpose for our pain. Like there's purpose for the tears. Like I look back now and like though it was such a dark season, like I honestly wouldn't trade it for the world because I'm literally who I am today. Mm-hmm. My walk mm-hmm. with the Lord is what it is today. Like because of it, if not, I still would have been lost in the bubble of mega church. And not, not all mega churches are bad, but where I was, I would have still been lost in the bubble of it, thinking that this was living fully alive, that yeah. this was what church was supposed to be, that this is what church families looks like. This is what community and it, and it just wasn't, I was living in almost a counterfeit of what it really was meant to be, but I had to go through that season to taste the sweet nectar yeah. of this season. Panning back to what you said before, there are like moments where you can learn in going through that. And you mentioned authenticity. And when when I went through that in 2021, I was at my brink. Like I've been serving the church all of my life for 18 Sorry, years. You cut off for a second. Oh, I cut off. Sorry, you cut off for a second. Yeah, started that again. But I've been I've been serving in the church at that time, twenty twenty one, for all my life, eighteen years, right? Yeah. And my whole persona was church, but I did not know the God of the church, right? And I wasn't. Yeah. I did not have an authentic personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I was just following what these people said. Hey, do you right? And. <laughs> Going through that season, it it allowed me to one say, okay, God, I don't want this anymore. And I didn't actually know what it was that I wanted. It's just that I didn't want mm. what they were serving me. Right. But I didn't yeah. actually have a relationship with God to say if I wanted it or not. It's just how people, and that's very important, how people serve God to me. And my pastor, he did a series many years ago and saying that there are many different versions of Jesus that people give other people. There's the very strict Jesus. There's the 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 big man upstairs Jesus, the gangster Jesus. There's 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 the Hippie loving Jesus. <laughs> there's, there's the loving kind Jesus. There's the the hard iron fist. You're gonna go to hell if you don't repent. Jesus. Like there's so many different perspectives of what this Christ is that. People can serve you something different, and yeah. but God can only serve you what's true, what's authentic, what's real. And when yeah. when you're going through church, if anyone's going through church trauma right now, literally, it's something that nobody wants to talk about it, and no one's going to bring it up. And if you're hearing this right now, you're probably not going to hear this from anybody else, just off the top of yeah. their dome. But you have to know that it's not the people that brings the power. It's God who brings the power. It's just the people who are supposed to be the vessels, right? And this past Sunday, my pastor, Pastor Stephen Chandler, he really dug into the the Moses, right? And God commanded Moses, speak to the rock that water will flow out of it. Well, Moses struck the rock. And Mm -hmm. what happened? Water still flowed out. That means a miracle still happened when Moses manipulated God's word. Mm-hmm. So we can bring that to today. Like a miracle can still break out and people can be breaking 
God's commands. But what happened to Moses? Moses didn't reach the promised land, though. Yeah. The next generation reached the promised land. So when people manipulate God's word and cause, quote unquote, church trauma, they're not going to reach the promised land. But then again, the people who were the, yeah, the people who are a victim, God's still going to pour out blessings and pour out miracles just like through you and I. So in that aspect, I want to talk about your testimony. And specifically, I want to get to, and we've, you've already mentioned the, the buzzword darkest time, but I want to like bring that up to the forefront and really like lean into it. So what would you say is your darkest bottom of the barrel? I can't live if this doesn't go through time. Like what is that darkest moment of your life? If it happened recently, talk that, about that experience. But what is that point where you just said, God, if this don't work out, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, honestly, I will say it is recently. I know we were supposed to talk, like, what was it, a couple months ago? <laughs> yeah, a couple months ago. Yeah. yeah. It was honestly, like, this past ending 2023. Mm. Like, I literally felt like in a spiritual attack of, like, for me to not get to 2024. Like, it literally, like, felt like that. Um, I think for me, it stems from, like, disappointment like I literally like I wanted to kill myself and die because I think and too just walking through all that I walked through with the church hurt and all that stuff and then thing just promises that I feel like God has spoken to me promises in his word that I necessarily don't see yet in my life and different things and I just reached the place I think of hopelessness like the bible talks about you know hope deferred makes the heart sick like mm, yeah. I feel like mm. I was just in this place of like here we go we're ending like another year I feel like I've been through so much in my life I've walked through and like I say so much like I've had like sexual abuse things like as a kid from multiple men like growing up the first person was like a very very close like a family member and through that like I've struggled with like drugs like I've been to rehab like three times like I've got my list of like things so like I have a rich rich like history like with the Lord like there's been like a lot and I just kind of got to this place where it's like, have I gone through all of this like for nothing? Like, that's what it felt like, yeah. where it's like, and kind of what I was talking about the whole drag through the mud just to get dragged through the mud. And I think I've always like, I've said that and it's like, yeah, but no, no, no. Like, there's a purpose in it. There's a purpose in it. Like, there's a planet. But when you just keep hidden valley, like after mm. valley, after <laughs> valley, after valley, like, you know what I mean? My faith was just really getting like challenged you know what i mean like do i really believe this stuff am i making this stuff up in my head you know what i mean am i just going off of a hype thing or do i believe that god is who he actually like says he is and that he's gonna fulfill the things that he said that he was gonna fulfill so yeah so i just found myself in a really really dark season i think part of it too i was there was a lot of fear because I walked through what I walked through in my last church. Now I'm in a new place with new people, with healthy people. And my heart is starting to love these people. You know what I mean? And a year ago, I told myself I would never be a part of a church again. Like I would Mm -hmm. never be a part of organized uh, church, but I want nothing to do with church people, like anything. And now I'm in this place where I want to be a part of this church. I'm loving these people. They're loving me so well. And that was scary. (laughs) Like, it was legitimately, like, scary. Because I'm like, I know what I just walked through and the hurt that I just walked through. 
So to now to reopen myself up, I just, I was literally scared of my emotions. And I even, I've been honest with like my friends and stuff here where it's like, I t- texted one of them the other day. I'm like, I literally hate how much I love you. <laughs> like, because it makes me just, I feel like so vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like it literally is that. Like I just feel so vulnerable. I feel naive. I feel stupid and dumb at times where it's like, you just went through this. Like, why are you going to let these people in this much? Why are you being this open, this honest, and this transparent? Why are you being vulnerable with these people? Like, why are you spending all of this time mm-hmm. with these people? Why do you keep going to church? Like, you know what I mean? We did this already. Like, so just all of those, like those lies and different things and just feeling like I was never going to see what it is that the Lord had for me or the promises. And even just with the music stuff, like, honestly, like anyone that's out there that's doing any type of art, like it is an uphill battle and it's a level of, hey, look what I just wrote in a very vulnerable, transparent moment. And here, like, I want you to listen to it. And whether maybe not a lot of people are listening to it, not a lot of people are interacting with it, like that gets a little, the hope deferred yeah. makes the heart grow sick a little bit too as well. So I think I was just in a place of just, I just need God to be God. Like I'm tired. Like I was just tired, man. Like I can't keep living like this. Like I can't keep going around this mountain. Like, and I know, you know, I need God to do nothing more for me. Like, I mean, salvation is like more than enough. And I firmly believe that. But I also know that living in this place of brokenness, of emptiness, the depression, all that stuff is also not how Mm. I was meant to live. You know what I mean? Or called to live. So I just needed, yeah, I just needed God to be God. It was so bad. It was literally the night before New Year's Eve where I was literally thinking about trekking myself like in somewhere. Like I could not stop just the thoughts, the feelings of hopelessness, like... It just, it was literally like nonstop. I actually had to stay with, uh, was it Christmas? I think the week before that, I literally had to stay with, like, I couldn't be by myself. Like, I had to stay with friends and be, like, sleep on friends' couches and stuff. Like, I could not be by myself. Like, I didn't trust myself by myself. Like, and it was definitely, like, it was, like, I want to tell you, like, it was spiritual. Like, there was natural aspects to it, but I literally feel like, the enemy did not want me to get to 2024. Mm. Like it was a ongoing because I've struggled here. There was suicidal thoughts, but like this was different. Like I'd be outside, like seeing a tree and then thinking about like hanging myself on that tree. Or I would like, and I had never experienced it like that. Like it was a dark, 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 like presence in the thing. Um, but again, like if it wasn't for my church community that I have right now, like, and I don't say this lightly, like I really don't know if I would be here today mm-hmm. if it was not for the beautiful, authentic, solid people that God's placed in my life right now. And it was more so of just, they were loving me where I was. Like, I didn't feel like I had to be okay. And they told me I didn't have to be okay. You know what I mean? Like, they loved me right where I was. Like, in that, I could just go sit on their couch, like, have conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I church family was actually being what church family was. It made me not feel mm-hmm. alone. Like... And they were able to encourage me in the areas that I need encouragement when it came to my music and God's purposes. And I think the biggest thing, too, was, and I think we get stuck here. I get stuck here a lot, like, when I get there. You know what I mean? But they were helping me to realize how God's using me, like, right now, like, right here, like, where I am now. I think even with my music, my friend, her uh, brother actually came. We had a a New Year's get-together, and her little brother was in town. And he was telling me how, like, he listens to my songs all the time, like, with his friends and stuff. And I was just like, what? Like, I would have never, like, 
known that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, yeah. is that enough? Like, yeah, like that's enough. You know what I mean? It's the one aspect. Like, mm. who knows who he's showing it to and then who they're showing. Like, that needs to be enough. And that's what I try to always get myself back to when it comes to my music of just try to remind myself of the one. If there is one person that is truly impacted by this, this is one person that has felt the way that I felt and is choosing to not off themselves or feel like they can keep going for that day or they want to give God another shot or they know that they're not alone in their struggle with depression, anxiety, addiction, or whatever, like, that's got to be enough. And I feel like I'm constantly, like, wrestling with that of, will my life matter? Am I making an impact? And it's like, yes, like, you are. It doesn't have to be this grandioso, like, whatever. So I think that was part of the uptick for me, too, of just that realization of here I am thinking the big things that I feel like God's promised or had in store. And it's like, you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like right now, right here, like I'm making an impact and just by loving my friends well right now, you know what I mean? I'm making an impact that way by being involved in my church community. Like yeah. I think we created it to be like, you got to have this big purpose or you're doing this or that, which I think that's great. We need vision without vision. The people mm-hmm. perish, but mm-hmm. it's the day, the day, you know what I mean? It's literally the little stuff. And then when I stopped and took a step back and like, looked at my life no it doesn't look like other people's lives right now no I don't feel like I'm having the impact that I think I see that other people are having but like in my world and what God has given me to steward right now like there is such a huge like impact and I think once I realized that it kind of just helped me to Mm kind of get out of that and honestly too like I did a fast you know what I mean to start out the year Like, I was like, I got to, you know, I started fasting, started getting into journaling again every day. That helps my mental health a whole ton, journaling every day. Like, as soon as I wake up, just whatever it is, like, getting all of those thoughts, feelings, and emotions out. Because I'm a verbal processor, and sometimes, you know, I don't have people to process with. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, I don't even know what I'm feeling yet to try to sit down and process it with another person. Um, so I did that. I started counseling this year and I've done counseling on and off before, but I was like, okay, like I need to get back in counseling. So I was like, there's practical like things as well that, you know, that needed to be done and that I started to do. Um, so yeah, I feel like I just talked a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was all good. Like literally every single person has their wrestle, has their get through with these topics and it's hearing your testimony hearing my testimony yeah. our testimonies yeah. are kind of similar um in yeah. the in the realm that in t- 2017 2018 some somewhere around there i did go through a huge moment of this is it and back then my yeah. favorite artist like all-time favorite artist was xss tentacion and i yeah. loved his music i screamed his music to the top of my lungs like literally yeah. and in that moment i wasn't really in the Christian thing. Like I served yeah. in church all my life. Uh, my father is a traveling worship leader, all that, all that stuff. If you looked at me, yeah. you'd say he's a church boy. But inwardly, yeah. I was not. Like I'm over here. You look under the hood. <laughs> yeah, you look under the hood. <laughs> I was I was depressed. <laughs> yeah. I was depressed. Like I was over here carving anarchy symbols into my belts. I'm over here yeah. carving the symbols into my arm. Like And that was for a couple of years, like, oddly, my release. And it sounds odd, but it made me feel better. 
it's like yeah. the, the rush of doing it and then feeling and then looking at the redness and it it's comforting mm-hmm. and the reason why i bring that up is because now that we're free the freedom that we have in jesus christ is comforting going to church is now comforting it's literally the same thing but a different outlet and it's yeah. talking about these things that make people realize oh what i'm doing it looks comforting but I can get the same satisfaction in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like back then, cutting myself was comforting. It was back then, listening to secular music was comforting. Um, I didn't get into vices or anything like that because I was kind of like sheltered as a kid. And that to me was my low key vices because if, when I was sheltered as a kid, I didn't grow up in social spaces. So that kind of darkened my mental health. Like, I was mm-hmm. in isolation constantly, right? Oh. So that took a toll on me. And all of that stuff was comforting to me. So I want to get this out of you. If you, let's, say, let's say you're not on the phone with me. You're just talking to a random teenager on the block. What would you say to them that will change what they put their comfort in? Like, let's say this person is putting their comfort in secular music or sex or drugs or anything of this world how would you convince them hey that stuff is fun and it's you know temporary but how would you say hey let's go to a prayer meeting how would you how would you influence somebody to believe that jesus christ is the way yeah um honestly i don't know if this will be the answer that you're looking for but this is my honest (laughs) answer honestly like doing life with that person with that teenager i have that right now like i told you with some of my friends and their kids and stuff and some of them are in the teenage range of age mm-hmm. and i know when i was growing up at 14 there was a point where i was making a conscious decision where i'm like i'm not going to be a christian anymore because i see all of my youth leaders i see these church people and they seem like they really have it together and I can't be like them. And I've been trying to, and it just seems that like I'm not meant to be a Christian because they seem like they've figured mm-hmm. it out and I can't seem to figure it out. Being fully vulnerable, transparent, and authentic and having conversations like this. And I try to, and that's why I try to use even on my Instagram to just say vulnerable things to express sometimes the things that I'm walking through because I never want someone to look at my page or listen to my music and think I have anything figured out whatsoever without the grace mm-hmm. of God. Like, no, like I am a hot mess. I am hot poo poo. Like <laughs> I tell my friends all the time, like there is a certain grace that it takes to be my friend. I get it. <laughs> like, I am in all over the place emotionally. I can be a little spazzy sometimes. I can be very spontaneous, but not in a good way. I can, we could be having one conversation one day and I got it and I arrived. And then the next day I'm back down. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, like I would literally, I think more than what I would say, it's just more of what I would model, I think, and just sharing my story when it came yeah. to drugs and premarital sex and all of that stuff. And then just sharing. Cause like you said, like at the end of the day, that stuff is fun for a season. Like we can't deny that there is an allure to it. And it is fun. If it wasn't fun, no one would, would be doing it. Yeah, like, no one would do it. You know what I mean? Like it is, but it's the, Hey, like, but I did all that already. Like, 
but what I've gained in Christ, like, surpasses and outweighs to the max anything that I, because like you said, it literally, it's just a counterfeit. That's what I would share. Like, mm. you can go do that, but it's literally a count. Like, there is literally something that is so much better. Literally, there have been moments with the Lord that, like, have been better than any high that I've ever experienced in my entire life. You know what I mean? When that peace just comes over you, when you're just engulfed in his presence, like, there's nothing else like that. Mm -hmm. When you know that the God Mm -hmm. of everything, the creator of everything, is in your midst, like, there is nothing, like, better than that. So, yeah, I think it would be more so of just leading from proximity. I think in having that young person just be a part of my life. Come hang with me. See what I do with my friends. Let's go bowling. Like, tell me about your life type Mm -hmm. of thing. And just, yeah, leading, I think, from that proximity. And I think within that, when we're authentic. And you started this out by saying that, like, people want authentic. Like, they don't want the cheap anymore. Like, they literally want authentic. And I think once you model that, like, people then want to hear what you're about and what it is that you're doing. Like, how did this work out for you? Because you've created a safe space and an open door for them to share their feelings and their emotions. And especially this generation coming up, they're way more in touch with their feelings and emotions than we think. I think like there's one, one of my friends, she's 14 and she literally blows my mind all the time that the conversations that we have like of just the emotional maturity like that she has i'm just like wow if i was that when i was your age like i feel like i would be in a better place now but yeah like there is just an authenticity and yeah you just gotta be like authentic there's and i think too coming from our culture and just our generation a lot has been preached from the platform, but not lived. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of scriptures quoted, but not lived out or put into practice. And I think it's just the season. A friend encouraged me with this like five years ago because I was feeling insecure about something. And he's like, it's much better to be able to quote 10 scriptures, but live out 100 than quote 100 scriptures mm-hmm. and only live out 10 or something like that. You know what I mean? And I was like, he was just encouraging me of how much Bible was just in me and that is oozing out and everything that I do, everything that I say in the conversation and whatnot. And so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, this question is going to sound a little similar, but every single okay. interview, every single interview I do, I always hit with this question because I think it pinpoints three things that we can tell the younger generation of how we can get in in touch with Christ, like in further in our Bible reading and our prayer and just just being in church in general, evangelizing. Yeah. So, again, if you're in the position and you're talking to a group of, let's say it's not a singular person, but now it's a group of young people. If you can say three things that would motivate them to chase after God with all their heart, what would you say to them? Mm. Three things. For sure, number one, read your Bible. Mm. For sure, number one. Um, Can I give a caveat to that? (laughs) Not a caveat, but yeah. In my life, there's been so many times where I've wanted to change this, fix this, or fix that, stop doing this behavior. And I learned in just victory through pursuit. When I pursue Jesus, he fights my battles, you know what I mean? And I get victory in the areas where I'm weak, where I want to become more strong, where I want to stop stumbling, 
and whatnot. So I would say for sure, read your Bible and pursue pursue Jesus, like literally. Um, number two, I would say probably community. Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who are you hanging out with? Who are you allowing to influence you in your life? You know what I mean? Because who you hang out with and the influences and the people that you're spending your time with, what you're watching and what you're doing, like, it's so easy, especially when you're a teen. And even I get guilty of this, too. Like, we look at the temporary and the temporal. You know what I mean? Like, right now, I want to go do this or hang out with these people. But when you're looking long term and down the road, like, who is it that you want to be? Who it is that you want to hang out with? Um, so I think community for sure. And number three, honestly, I would be like, have fun. Like, I spent so much of my Christian walk. And honestly, that, that even like, even just saying that, like, got me, like, made me feel a little bit emotional. But I've spent so much of my Christian walk trying to live up to something, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And strive mm -hmm. and be a certain way, look a certain way. And it's like, man, God has just created so many beautiful things, so many beautiful experiences. Like you can't like look at the mountains, like in Colorado or like anywhere you go or the ocean, like there's just so much beauty. I think of just food too. And just laughter. Like these are things that God, he didn't have to give us a sense of humor, yeah. but he gave us a sense <laughs> of humor. Like, so I would just say too, and this would be more so, I guess, for like a teenage Christian, that's already like a Christian, like, man, find, enjoy life. You know what I mean? Like God is so much more rich in grace than like we think, like, he really is like he's rich in grace like he knows our vices like he knows our hang-ups like and he's there and he's wanting to help us but he's also not kicking us while he mm -hmm. like while we're down yeah. you know what i mean like take a deep breath and just trust and know that god is god and like he wants to get you to where he wants to get you more than you want to get there <laughs> like yep. that is like the goal and just like yeah just make sure you enjoy enjoy the journey like enjoy the process and like you know, be quick to repent, but be quick to get back up too. You know what I mean? And just to keep living, keep walking, keep running after him. And yeah, I think that's what I would say. I don't know. That's not a very spiritual one, but I'm in a place where like, that's just recoming alive for me of just the enjoyment of life and living fully alive. You know what I mean? And there's a big piece of that. I mean, we look throughout the Bible. I'm going through a study right now with my church and like through Luke, like, I think it was like 14 incidents. It was Jesus around a dinner table with people, you know, in fellowship and in community. And, you know, that was important to Jesus. Like, that has to be, like, mm, important to, be to us. Just sitting around. Yeah, just being with the people that we love and just sharing stories, like, sharing life, sharing laugh, sharing a meal. Like, that's, like, what, that stuff is medicine, like, to the soul. And I just think as a world and as a community, if we can just get back to those simple those simple things and just enjoying life. Mm. It wasn't meant for us to just endure. There is suffering. You know what I mean? And I think I read this, it's in Ecclesiastes. I don't know exactly where, but it said like, this is the gift for the suffering that you're going to experience. 
and life. And it was literally about like enjoying life. And it talked about wear a bunch of colors and like drink with gusto. And there's like different things like that. And it's like, this is your gift because yeah. life is going to be hard. <laughs> so make sure that you enjoy these things that I've given you. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm just on this. I'm smiling talking about it. Cause I'm just on this journey myself of just, and too, because I was in such a dark season, I'm just in this place now of just learning to just love life again and just enjoy the many blessings and not just talking about all the things that we're like against and policies and all that stuff, but just loving people and yeah. loving people well and enjoying life. Like why would someone want to be a Christian if we're all just miserable <laughs> all the time? Like, that wouldn't be too fun. <laughs> I wouldn't like, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm good. Like, like uh, yeah, you know what I'll, I mean? Like, I'm good with all my worldly yeah. stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll go yeah. back to it. Exactly. So, like, let's be the true example of joy because we know the creator of joy. You know what I mean? Let's be the true example of love because we know the creator of love. So, yeah, that would be. So, the word, well, Jesus, pursue Jesus above anything else, above what your pastor said, like, pursue Jesus. Community, who are you hanging out with? And enjoy. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy life. Know that there is grace. Is there grace for us to continue to go on sin? And of course not. That's what Paul said. But there is grace. <laughs> so um, I want to focus on number two because I kind of sparked up with number two on community. There are a, yeah. a, a more than 50% of the people that you speak to who say that I don't need church. You know, I'm just glorify God in my house. Just me and the Holy Spirit. Just by myself. And they're totally okay with that. Yeah. Talking about community, what would you say to those people that they just believe that as long as they're in right standing with God, they're following all the commandments and everything like that, they're watching church online, quote unquote church online, (laughs) what would you say to those people who stuck in their, their house and just that's their Christian walk? Yeah. I would say... First, yes, you are a Christian. Do I think you can die and go to heaven and never step foot in another church service? 100%, absolutely. I would say you're shortchanging your life, though. Mm-hmm. Like, what we gain, you're shortchanging strength that you could have. Um, it was like Shark Week, and I think Judah Smith talked about this once. He was watching Shark Week, and he was talking about how they were— the seal that goes off by itself, the sharks, that's an easy kill. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a kind of a dumb analogy, but that's kind of what it's like when you're trying to just do it by yourself and, like, I'm good, just me and my house. Like, you're an easy kill. And I can't think of where it is, but in the Bible it talks about that. Like, the things that you're, you basically create a delusional worldview. Like, when it's just you, and your own thoughts and your own opinions. Like, yeah, you, and I think that's why we get some wacky Christians, like, honestly, because it is just them in their house. <laughs> it's like, you need to go to McDonald's or something and talk, or Starbucks and talk to the barista. Like, so yeah, like, I think that even take Christianity aside just to be a healthy human being with a good worldview and care for people. Like, You have to leave your house Mm. to do that. And two, you are no good to people if you're not 
in touch with the world that they're in and that they're living in. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It talks about being so heavily minded that you're no earthly good in the Bible. Like, I feel like it's kind of like that aspect where, because I actually know someone, there was a lady that was kind of like that. And we walked through something and the way she was communicating with me and talking to me was very condemning. You know what I mean? And, but she's someone that like stayed in her house a lot. (laughs) One of those Christians that stayed in her house a lot. You know what I mean? So with that, she doesn't really understand. Mm -hmm. Like, I will say this. If you stay in your house, it's easy to, I don't want to say it's not judge, but you're going to face less battles. You know what I mean? You're not going to have an understanding of where people are at and things that people are walking through if you're just staying in your house all the time (laughs) and just walking through whatever your battles are, you know what I mean? And we're meant to care for each other, carry each other's burdens. And part of that is experiencing what other people experience. That's the beauty of Jesus, that he came down here and experienced every human emotion that we've ever experienced, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot, and too, like, I would say too, like, it's a little selfish because there's an aspect where, like, Maybe you don't need them, but they need you. (laughs) And there's an aspect of this where it's dying to ourselves and doing the things that we don't want to do. Christianity isn't about like, let me create this nice, cute, comfortable world for myself. Like, that's not what it is. It's literally being asked to surrender and to sacrifice and to go wherever it is the Lord is calling you to go and to do whatever it is that he's calling you to do. And a lot of times... It's not what you want to do, like, because at the end of the day, we are evil. Our hearts are evil. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, they're deceitful. Like, and at the core of it, like, you, I just feel like you're shortchanging yourself. As someone that said literally a year ago, I would never be a part of church again. I was same thing. I watch online. I'll attend sometimes, but I'm not going to get fully involved Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Like, I'm so thankful to God that I didn't stay there. I like I I'm so thankful that I didn't stay stuck there where I'm in the place that I'm in now and just having the community and stuff and and you know you don't need people until you need people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't think you need people until you need people and it's like man, don't be caught up in a situation where it's like you don't have anyone to call because you you know turned away from like everyone. So yeah, I would yeah, don't shortchange yourself. I think I would just spend it more that way like yeah. You feel like you're good and you don't need it anymore, but that's not a fully alive life. You know, a fully guy, Jesus came that we would have life and life abundantly. And part of that is family. And in family, you do get hurt sometimes. Like, that's part of family. I think it's so fear-based. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want to love again and we don't want to get back in there because you don't want to open yourself up to hurt. But, like, that's just part of it. Like, you got to give that to the Lord. Like. I'm in a place now where it's like I could get hurt again, but I'm trusting the Lord with it. You know what I mean? Like he knows my heart. He knows where I'm at. He knows what I had to walk through. And I feel like this church right now is where God called me to. So because of that, like I don't trust the pastor per se. I don't trust leadership. I trust God. God placed me here. So that is where I'm putting my trust in. So when those fears come up or those lies come up, I have to automatically go back. No, this is where God's called me to be. And I trust God. He's a man of his word. And whatever will come of that, like, I trust him with the outcome. With your music specifically, 
just update us on what's going on musically. Um, the first track that I ever got exposed to you was The Valley. And yeah. I I also witnessed you on another interview. You're just going like straight in on what that meant and what that season was. But just briefly, just go over the thought process of the valley, um, the build of the song, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, um, that is great. So I stumbled upon that sample. Um, and I was just, I thought it was cool. Like, I thought of Kanye. Like, as soon as I heard that sample, I'm like, that's fire. Like, and I messed around with it a little bit, and I started making the beat, and I'm just like, this is a dope beat. But I was like, this song needs, like, a rapper on it. Like, a oh, real rapper. Yeah, like, I consider myself, like, an artist, where it's like I'm able to dabble in many different lanes, whether that's singing, rapping. Like, I can manipulate my voice and do different things. But I can call a spade a spade. Like, I know I'm not, like, a rapper. Like, no one's putting me in the category. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I totally, like, know my lane, and I'm cool with my lane. So I was just like, yo, this, to do it justice, like, this needs, like, a spitter, like, a bar spitter. So I remember, I think I saw something of Kid Lee, like, I just reached out to her in her DM, like, literally wasn't even sure if she would respond or whatever, and I was just like, hey, I got this beat. I think you could murder it. Like, I'm going to send it to you. Like, let me know what your rate is type of thing. And I sent it to her, and she's like, yeah, basically, like, I could murder this. <laughs> and she did. She straight bodied that. Um, so, yeah, no, that was a super, super cool collaboration uh, with her. So for those listening, so I produced it all. Like, I made the beat and everything, and mm-hmm. then I kind of just sent it to her and let her do her thing. She's a phenomenal MC. If anyone knows her, like, yeah, she's just phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, it was cool that was my first song that got some like spotify editorial placement and different stuff like that so like it was definitely it was was cool so yeah i love that song and any what's like the most recent song you've been working on that is like that's eye-catching like what's that song that's like oh it's in the vault you can't tell me (laughs) No, no 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 i can't so i'm working on a project right now so if you don't know i stopped doing music I didn't stop doing music, but I stopped putting out music summer. Mm. I put out a song, and then I just haven't put out anything since then. Because I kind of wanted to just rebrand. Like, I think, and be honest, I got caught up because I started doing music when I was in that big church. Yeah. And I was a face there. You know what I mean? I was on platform and stuff. So I just, there was a level of me always tailoring my lyrics and content because I knew that they were listening. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was more so at a place of like, I just want to be able to be honest. I told you that's I'm very big on just being honest, being authentic, being transparent. And right now, this music, what I'm doing style wise genre is just not that. You know what I mean? Like, I think I do it and I do it well, but it's just not fully authentic to who I am. So I just kind of been on this journey of exploration, I guess. And I've been a musician at first before I started producing, making beats and all that stuff like I was musician so i'm like i want to get back to just real instrumentation you know what i mean like i want to rock out a little mm-hmm. bit um so i started working on some music that way and i've got a song called run away that i've been working on and it's kind of it's one of those songs where it's the first song where like my friends are like because usually my friends are like yeah that's good like i love you know what i mean but where it's like it's actually like like they're like no like like this, this is like this is really good. a really it's just cool too because it's 
authentically me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just goes to show when you're just fully authentically who you are, just being honest, your art form, your creativity, like that just resonates with people. Um, so I'm excited about that. I did some live band stuff. I have some live band recording stuff that we did with the song. And then as well, I am working on a reimagined version of the song that is literally a friend texted me. I showed it to him. And he was like, it's like Bond theme meets like gospel meets like this crazy, like it's like an orchestral, mm-hmm. like it's just gorgeous. Like I had a friend help me out on the East Coast, a producer, his name is Jonathan Beasley. He helped co-produce it. And yeah, I'm just really excited. It's so different than like, if you've listened to any Zethray stuff, like, what you're about to get is nothing like that. So I'm sorry in advance <laughs> if you wanted more of that stuff. It's not going to be that. But bear with me and go on this journey of exploration. And yeah, I'm just really, 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 I'm passionate and excited about the new music. The lyrics are just honest, 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 raw, raw, raw. And I think that's too why it's resonating with my friends the way that it is and different people that I've shown because... It's just honest. It's yeah, just really. truth. And, hey, I'm a Christian, but I struggle. And here's my struggle type of thing. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's not like the stuff. So bear with me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully, I would love my goal. This is a you heard it first. My goal would be to release the studio version of Runaway. I'm aiming for March 15th to March 15th. release that. So that will be my plan to do that. And then from that, then I'll release the video, the live video, and then the reimagined version. Like, listen, the reimagined version. It's going to be crazy. Listen, it goes kind of crazy. It's, it's okay. crazy. Yes, it's kind of hard. Yes, it's kind of And I don't usually like my own stuff. Like, I like it, but I'm not one to be like, yo, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, But this one's no, like, good. I would actually listen to this on repeat. It goes hard. Yo, thank you for listening to this week's podcast episode. Also, big appreciation towards Zeth Ray for coming on the platform and really, really breaking down what a broken mind means, but also divulging into her own story of all the things that she's went through with the topic of church trauma. Now, what you're about to hear in a couple of seconds is just a testimony about the experience of church trauma. Here's the thing. Before we get there, I want to I want to let you guys know. Church trauma is a cancer. Just like Zethray mentioned, it is a cancer. And the reason why people don't want to talk about it is because the people in power have created this dynamic where if you are against that person, you are ultimately against God. And what that does, it it subjects the people under this brainwashing, just this, if I say anything, oh my gosh, I'm going to hell, straight to hell, don't pass, go, go, don't collect $200. And hey, if you stick with the platform Broken Minds and you follow this platform right now, like literally hit the follow button. We're going to be dropping an episode at the end of this month. And I want to let you know what God the Father thinks about people who subject others to church trauma. Hey, I want to let you know that it wasn't just me as an 18-year-old 
two, almost three years ago, when I went through church trauma, who spoke up, everyone didn't believe him, and that's, it wasn't just me. I want to tell you, it wasn't just Zeth Ray. I want to tell you, it wasn't just Ken Trell that we're about to hear from right now. I want to tell you that it's millions of people around this world who are subjected under oppression by false teachers and false leaders who are honestly destroying the church piece by piece. And at the end of this month, the last Wednesday of this month, I want to have an episode where I literally, I literally go through the Bible and I expose to you what God says about this. And the reason why I talk about this and Kentrell talks about this is because this stuff should not be thrown under the rug. This stuff is a cancer and it needs to be addressed the same way that it's spreading through our churches. And hey, speaking of, let's jump in to our story with Ken Trout. Hey, listen to this. This is how it all started. The girl that wanted me to help her choreograph her, her quinceanera, I said yes. And uh, when we did the quinceanera, our pastor, uh, she wanted us to not do the dances. She wanted us to not play any worldly music, which we weren't going to do in the first place because we, we were praising God. Like, it just made me think about it. Um, and it was so rough because the sad thing is, once she told us that if we do this, we get kicked out of the church. And as soon as we did it, because we were like, it's in, it's in God's hands. Like we, we will, we will praise God even through this storm. We canceled out any touching from male to female. That's exactly what you wanted, so we did that. And then, um, as soon as we did that, we told her we're gonna make this as much of a Christian environment as we can to make sure that we're not messing with you nor messing with God. But it was God before her in the first place. So we we weren't even doing anything like that. And um, we wanted to make sure that we had everything godly. Everything was washed out that was evil. We made sure of it. We prayed before we even did the dance. We prayed after we did everything. We prayed during it. Like, I'm telling you, we went 100% prayers on this. So, after the whole quinceanera was done, we started to come back to church. The sad thing is, when I came back to church, I already knew I was in trouble because we did it. And we didn't play any worldly music. We didn't do anything like that. But she told us that to come to church so then she could talk to us personally. And as soon as she did that, we got in there separately. Come to find out, which this is crazy because these are my disciples that I'm helping out. This is crazy to me because all my disciples that did it got kicked out of the church. And I'm the one that's still there, which made me feel so horrible because why did they get kicked out? But I didn't. It made no sense to me. 
It's like, if you're going to kick out everybody, kick out everybody, because you said it yourself, you're going to kick us out, or you're going to punish us, and all of that. And it's like, it's either you're going to punish us, all of us, or either you're going to kick all of us out the church. It's not wishy-washy. Don't do that to us. And it just made no sense to me and it, it, it hurt me and I was on the dance team like I was on the praise dance team and I I got I didn't get kicked out I just stopped I just stopped dancing which come to my conclusion of why the church did hurt me it didn't just hurt me though it hurt everyone in the church it hurt everyone that was still in the church and everyone that was kicked out of the church. It hurt everyone because as soon as that happened, all you saw was destruction and it was horrible. And I've seen it and I know I shouldn't have walked away, but I did walk away and it hurt me still. But I, I found that I found peace. I, I found grace in between the destruction that I've seen in the church. I found it and then I walked away because it was, it, it would have broken my spirit even more not seeing any of my disciples that I had brought into the church. So to me, it was kind of rough. And the thing that made me mad was this, this was so hypocritical to me that she didn't want us to do the dancing close together, but when it came down to her niece, it when it came down to her niece, um, she had like her niece had all the dancers dancing close together. And I'm talking about boy and girl. They're all dancing together. They're not dating each other and they're all dancing together like that and it's like you're letting this happen but when when we did it we got in trouble so it, it made no sense to me and it hurt even worse so to me it was more of like the church already hurt now you're hurting the church even more because now you're you're doing this and it sucks because now you're just being hypocritical on everything that you have done and said to us and it doesn't portray to them but it portrays to us and it's like you put me on discipline but you're not gonna put these people on discipline that does not sound like a, a strict straight narrow road now you're just making the road wide and it it destructs everything so to me, uh, that is the one thing that really hurt me in the church. It really did. As well as once that was done, um, the, the youth started to treat me differently and they didn't talk to me at all, which made me kind of mad because I did talk to them, but they didn't talk to me and they felt weird. Like I felt a weird vibe from them 
as they were telling me this, like uh, not telling me, but as I'm seeing it, I felt a weird vibe from them. And I could tell that they didn't want to do anything with me. And that's exactly how I felt. But I tried to like pretend that it's not, it's not that, you know, and it's not happening. Like they're cool. They're people that uh, I used to hang out with and we're all good. But in reality, they don't even talk to me anymore. So I, like I said, I've been hurt in the church and it it shows so much. Uh, But I still praise God. I still, I still pray, still read the Bible, still do all that I can to get closer to God because I know for a fact that we are the walking church to get people into church. I just pray that we send them to the right church because majority of the time, the devil will find a place to destruct and destroy and continue to hurt people, to leave church, to leave God, because that's exactly what he wants. And that's exactly what he didn't get when I walked away. I'm still walking with God.